This is a special edition of Macro Voices with hedge fund manager Eric Townsend, the premier financial podcast targeting professional finance, high net worth individuals, family offices, and other sophisticated investors. Now, for this special edition of Macro Voices, here's hedge fund manager Eric Townsend. Macro Voices All-Stars Episode 41 was recorded on August 1st, 2019. I'm Eric Townsend. All-Star Juliet DeClerc from JDI Research is back with us this week. And Juliet sent a note out to her clients right after Powell's press conference last week. Juliet, what are your thoughts based on Powell's press conference? Share with our listeners some of what you already shared with your clients last week. No problem. So let me start with with something. For those who follow me closely, I must sound like a broken record. But what I need to reiterate here is that capitalism is a Ponzi scheme that tends to fail at full employment because it relies on year-on-year growth rather than an optimal level of employment and general contentment. Well, Eric, the issue is that when this optimal level is rich, it's not easy to continue to capitalize on it. And that's what cycles are made of. Ignoring the natural effect of the business cycle is the classic error made by many half-respectable economists who often prefer to extrapolate trends linearly. You would think that power would be quote-unquote above average, but following last week's shit show, he clearly does not get it and probably should get fired. Okay, time out, hold the presses. I think I just heard Juliet DeClerc agree with Donald Trump on something. That's got to be the most newsworthy event in years. So uh, can you take us through your reasoning on this? As I'm sure Powell is not the only one who doesn't get it. Clearly, yes. So to understand the ongoing macro dynamic, one must accept that consumers, so that's the demand side of the economy, are relatively insensitive to the end of the business cycle. So think about it, Eric. Consumers are basically, their consumption is basically led by absolute levels of employment and compensations rather than their year-on-year change. Well, conversely, firms, which is basically the supply side of the economy, are highly sensitive to the fading business cycle because they are driven by profits and earnings growth and the necessity to deliver on demanding valuation levels. Their expected slower nominal GDP growth is depressing expected profit growth, causing CEO confidence to basically trend down and capital expenditure to stall. That's very well illustrated on the first chart in the the small package that I, I gave listeners today. And you can see on chart one that there is a clear divergence between CEO confidence and consumer confidence. Excuse me, Juliet, I just want to interrupt for a second to say that listeners can find the download link for the chart pack on our homepage at macrovoices.com next to Juliet's picture in the description of today's interview. Sorry for the interruption, Juliet. Please continue. No problem. So the danger is that corporate retrenchment eventually spreads to high unemployment, and this is the negative feedback loop that central banks must endeavor to delay if their aim is to prolong the business cycle. In fact, defending against the risk of a larger negative behavioral response by firms to the inevitable slide in employment growth and resulting moderation in in consumer goods spending is the main motivation for central banks easing this year. 
they're basically trying to mitigate the aggregate effects of the slowdown in aggregate incomes. And there's only one way to do that. Force the same income into more spending. Boost the consumer's propensity to spend and force feed leverage. Judging by the recent retail sales trend and by uh, the last Q2 GDP reading, it certainly has worked in the US, where the consumer has been lured into increased leverage and increased spending by much easier credit conditions. And that's thanks to the Fed's consecutive dovish pivots this year and resulting positive monetary shock. So spending growth has closed the earlier gap. So that was a gap that opened at the end of 2018 between income and spending. And you can see that on chart two, the orange line had really collapsed at the end of 2018 without any good reason because income was still trending higher. The problem today is obviously that aggregate income is now trending lower and approaching recessionary level. So my conclusion here is that U.S. trend growth remains depressed at about 1.7% and will fall towards 1.2%. The second conclusion is that without the Fed's U-turn on rates, the U.S. would already be in recession. So we've already benefited from the upcoming Fed rate cuts. The second thing Powell is getting wrong is to argue in a way that the U.S. consumer is now safe. Sadly, it's not the interest rate level that drives consumption, but it's the interest rate impulse. And it may be totally counterintuitive, but if real rates stall from here, or even if we continue to drift lower but but at a lower pace, the interest rate impulse will collapse and the effect on consumption and economic growth will be negative. And this is very well illustrated on the third chart of my package. What you can see there is that it basically explains why the Fed must, only, must not only deliver on the rate cuts that markets have discounted, but there is also no room for disappointment. And this is the part about the domestic mandate. Okay, so this is a big picture failure to understand the domestic side. But what about the Fed's global mandate, Juliet? So the issue is... That because Powell is getting the domestic picture completely wrong, he is delivering a half-hearted cut, which is in very strong contradiction with the Fed's global mandate. So take the fourth chart in my package, and you will see that the ongoing global slump is a clear function of the lack of dollar liquidity globally. So take chart four, and you can see that there was absolutely no way the Fed would double hike uh, would be able to double hike in 2018. And by double hiking, I mean hikes and QT uh, without plunging the rest of the world into recession. So from now, lower real yields can probably stabilize the outlook. But the missing piece in the global puzzle is the weaker dollar, which would give the world a breeze of fresh air. The Fed had the capacity to fix this last week by outdoving markets get ahead of the curve, and turn the dollar around. But instead, what we got was a complete fumble and, quite frankly, a worrying lack of conviction and lack of understanding of the macro forces at work. Now, I can tell you with the U.S. consumer, the last standing man for growth in the U.S., 
the fact that Powell failed to deliver on this global mandate means that we will get to the end of the cycle even faster than I previously thought. His lack of conviction managed to turn a 25 base point cut into a traditional hike. We had financial conditions tightening, the dollar breaking to new highs, and two stands flattening as well. This is, quite frankly, a precious bullet that's clearly missed its target, and it's criminal with so few bullets left. And this is all because of being caught between a misunderstanding of the domestic outlook, e.g. supply versus demand. You should be looking at the supply side and not the demand side, which is basically a lagging indicator of the supply side at this point, and a misunderstanding of how fast the global slump can hit the US economy. On this, I would like to refer you to chart five, which I actually published a a few days ago on on Twitter. As you can see, uh, it's a chart entitled why the Fed should cut on German data. If you look at this chart, it should be no surprise that ISM manufacturing was again a negative surprise last Thursday. And it it should also be no surprise when we hit 48 later in the year. The even more interesting part of this chart is that the only divergence happened bang on in 2015, basically when Draghi revalued the dollar. So with Powell now refueling the dollar, we should know exactly where to stand as far as manufacturing is in the U.S. Juliet, it almost sounds like you're coming around to my way of thinking, which is the long U.S. dollar consensus. Not really. I think in the medium term, Powell is a bit of a fade, especially if all he's doing is following markets pricing with low conviction. And what I mean here is that the Q2 consumption fit is unrepeatable. And the negative rate impulse from a stalling level of interest rates will also stall consumption. So this will leave the U.S. economy to converge with the rest of the world quite quickly. We've had a bit of a glimpse of um, U.S. exceptionalism in, in July, but this is nowhere what we observed in 2018. So what I've recommended on the Fed last Thursday morning is to reload five-year treasuries on the deep and to focus on selling the dollar versus the low yielders. So I loaded uh, dollar-yen shorts above 109 last Thursday and believe that we could see some fireworks there in August, especially with a strong dollar now consensus. Powell will not delay cuts by sounding indecisive. In fact, he will probably precipitate them and ensure that the Fed's response is eventually deeper. The difference between a forced response and with a decisive preemptive response now is that the ultimate dollar weakness will not be broad or refreshing. I would like to warn you, Eric, and and I would like to warn clients as well, that the Fed is not reliable, and I would not be surprised to see Williams or Clarida coming to the rescue with a much more dovish outlook on a marginal tightening of financial conditions. So that should be something that we should be on the lookout for. Well, Juliet, I can't thank you enough for a fantastic interview. We look forward to getting another update from you in a couple of weeks. Listeners, stay tuned to your Macro Voices feed this week. We've got all kinds of fantastic content coming up for you. For the Macro Voices Podcast Network, I'm Eric Townsend.
that concludes this edition of Macro Voices. Be sure to tune in each week to hear feature interviews with the brightest minds in finance and macroeconomics. Please register your free account at macrovoices.com. Once registered, you'll receive our free weekly research roundup email containing links to supporting documents from our featured guests and the very best free financial content our volunteer research team could find on the internet each week. You'll also gain access to our free research library. And the more registered users we have, the more we'll be able to recruit high-profile feature interview guests for future programs. So please register your free account today at macrovoices.com if you haven't already. You can subscribe to Macro Voices on iTunes to have Macro Voices automatically delivered to your mobile device each week free of charge. Macro Voices is presented for informational and entertainment purposes only. The information presented on Macro Voices should not be construed as investment advice. Always consult a licensed investment professional before making investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed on Macro Voices are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the show's hosts or sponsors. Macro Voices, its producers, sponsors, and hosts, Eric Townsend, shall not be liable for losses resulting from investment decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on Macro Voices. Macro Voices.